This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad that you are here with us for this conversation in a world that has gone mad with riots and protest after protest and yelling and screaming, name-calling and labeling, all in the name of social justice. I'm so glad that you're here with me to have a pleasant conversation where we can sit down with each other and listen to each other and actually come up with ideas and ways together to live out love and grace as we create a just society. And today we want to continue our discussion on the compendium of the social doctrine of the church, a document that the Catholic Church has put together uh, with the help of the Pontifical Council for Justice and Peace. And as I said in last uh, last couple episodes, as we continue this series, uh, they've done a phenomenal job of fleshing out the ideas uh, around what God expects and, and how to really approach justice in the world, in a world so full of injustice. Now, last time we looked at the nature of God, that is so vitally uh, very, well, it's the first step. And I started to wax eloquent on you and I realized I would have ended up sounding stupid. So there you go. But I, uh, the first step, knowing the nature of God, once we understood the, the gratuitous, the generous, loving and merciful nature of God, then it informs us how to carry out justice towards our fellow humans. And today we're going to finish out chapter one of the compendium. And in doing so, we're going to now look at the nature of the human person. So if we understand the nature of God, now we uh, look at the nature of the human person and to truly understand social justice, we have to understand the human person. Too often we approach so social justice in terms of policies, procedures, programs, you know, mechanical ways, but really true justice grows from the understanding of who the human person is. And then we're informed. It's almost like if we get the root right and we get uh, get on the right track at the beginning, uh, everything else falls into place. It's like a lot of people will ask me, you know, hey, Michael, how do I, what do I do with the homeless? I have no idea what to do with the homeless. And what I do is I sometimes have people come out with me on the streets and maybe uh, observe and learn. And and uh, certainly I'm, I teach people things, but one of the things I tell people everyone is you have to become friends with a homeless individual. And as that friendship develops, you'll know what to do after that. It becomes natural. And so, so it is here. We're going to understand the human person today. And then from that understanding, 
be informed of how to approach true justice. Uh, and, you know, of course, to understand the human person, we have to understand God, which we studied last week. Uh, and today we're going to come to understand that the human being is a reflection of God. And so it all ties together. Now, what I'm going to do uh, in this episode is just kind of work through a few paragraphs. As I said last time that the compendium is written like a lot of Catholic documents are where the paragraphs are numbered. So we're going to look at a, a few of the paragraphs and really um, come to yeah, just really get some details on where to head in the direction of social justice. But in paragraph 34 in chapter one, it, I want to read it for you. And then we're going to, to discuss this. It says that the revelation in Christ of the mystery of God as Trinitarian love is at the same time the revelation of the vocation of the human person to love. The re revelation this revelation sheds light uh, on the every aspect of the personal dignity and freedom of men and women and on the depths of their social nature. And so th that's a grand statement. If you really grab that, Think about that, that as we study the Trinitarian, how within the, the Trinity of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the, the, the self-giving love that is expressed in that relationship, that informs us then that we're to have that same self-giving love. So, for example, if I, uh, if I create injustice for another, it's because I'm failing to love them. It's that simple. I'm choosing to put myself above them. I'm choosing to harm my brother or sister in order for me to gain. And that's what happens in injustice is that we gain and the other suffers. And rather in the nature of God and in the nature of love, and we as humans who reflect the nature of God, we are to live a life of self-giving of giving ourselves to the other and willing the good of the other. And then from doing that, we see justice realized. You know, humans, you know, the fact is humans are a result of God's goodness and love. Now, it may not seem that way with the condition of the world as it presently is, but that is our fault and not God's fault. You know, we like to blame God for things, but it's not God's fault that the world's in the shape it is. It's our fault. However, the true nature of the human persons and what our job is here on the planet is to love and to flesh out the self-giving love of God. So that's why we're here. Why is it in the story of Adam and Eve that the first thing we see with humans is marriage, is a man and woman there in the garden? Why? Because our purpose for being here is to love. You see, uh, and so if God is love, then that's what we are to be. And so if you ever wonder, why am I here? Well, that's why you're here is to love, to give of yourself to others. So there you go. Now, if we do this in our homes first, we learn to l love in a self-giving way in our homes first, and then in the neighborhood, then we move to the rest of society well, what will eventually happen is we will then realize a just society because self-giving love informs us how to act towards the other. Again, as I said a couple minutes ago, it's about 
learning the root, learning the first principle, and from that, everything else gets informed. So if I learn how to love, not learn how to cor- to correct injustice, but rather learn how to love, then once I get that right, everything else falls into place. I Then it becomes automatic for me to know what to do in a given situation. <clears throat> Therefore... Violence and protests are the diabolical opposite of true justice. So I guess we can conclude then that where there's violence and where there's yelling and name-calling and labeling then and pushing away and separation from each other, I guess in those instances then we would say not just that there's injustice, but there's a lack of love. You see, in order for social justice to be realized... There has to be love involved. And again, riots, violence, burning down buildings, protesting uh, in a way that is violent, uh, yelling, name-calling, all those things, not listening to each other, those are the opposite of justice because justice always involves love. It springs from love. So calling people names on Facebook, labeling people, shutting down true conversation, they're all the opposites of true justice because only true justice is realized in love, you see. And so that's why we get back to previous episodes we've had in this series is that in order for there to be true healing true wholeness, true unity, true justice in a given situation, everyone needs to be heard. Everyone needs to be listened to. Everyone needs to be involved. You see, I used to work out a, uh, in a neighborhood association in Portland, helping them. I helped them for a few years get things going among the their issue with the growing homeless population in that neighborhood. And it was quite a severe problem. So what I did is I created regular meetings where business leaders and uh, homeowners, renters, uh, neighborhood association people, and the homeless themselves were all at the table, and people of the faith community all at the table listening to each other. That's how it goes. (laughs) And it was very peaceful, and they came to solutions, and positive things are getting turned around in that neighborhood. Why? Because love... Was involved no no violent protests, no riots, no yelling, just people getting together, sitting down at the table together, and listening. Now, the next paragraph I want to get to is paragraph 38 in the compendium, which states that the salvation offered uh, in its fullness to men in Jesus Christ by God the Father uh, is the God the Father's initiative and brought about and transmitted by the work of the Holy Spirit. So they're explaining how salvation comes about, but they go on to say that this salvation is for all people and of the whole person. It is universal and integral. Salvation is it concerns the human person in all his dimensions. So what the 
the uh, pontifical council is saying is that salvation isn't about, you know, praying to receive Jesus and I go to heaven when I die, but rather salvation is integral to the entire human person. So salvation transforms us personally. It transforms us socially, spiritually, in our bodies, historically is historical and it is transcendent. Now that's an important paragraph. Because oftentimes we think of salvation as in terms of, am I going to heaven when I die? And what the Pontifical Council is saying is, no, salvation is something that transforms the entire human person. And so I can't divorce social justice and the work of justice from salvation. And if I am in a a person who, like St. Paul says, is working out my salvation, then I am going to learn and transform instead of being a selfish person, I'm going to transform into being a person who loves, who gives myself just as Jesus gave himself. So I'm giving myself and I'm learning to love people enough to bring people together for healing and like Jesus did from the cross, I'm learning to look at the oppressor, the one who's creating injustices and saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. So I no longer hate dictators and tyrants. I no longer hate corporate people and corporations who are creating injustice for employees, but rather say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. I learn to be completely transformed in my entire person and therefore see that transformation in others. And once that happens, what do you got? A just society where people are learning to live in love with each other. Because think about this. The first society is God. God is a society of Trinitarian love, of self-giving. And so then in that I realize as a reflection of God that that's what a human society is. It's people living that self-giving love. Now, in uh, paragraph 40, the Pontifical Council, again, I encourage you to get the compendium of the social doctrine of the church and read it, because it just takes time to really absorb it. But in paragraph 40... They say that the universality and integrality, and I love those words trying to pronounce them, of the salvation brought by Christ makes uh, indissolvable the link between the relationship that the person is called to have with God, God and the responsibility he has towards his neighbor in the concrete circumstances of history. Let me sum that up. In other words, salvation is so integral. And it... it salvation penetrates every area of life to the point where I can no longer say like St. John encourages us in his first letter, first John in the new Testament, I cannot say I love God and yet hate my brother. No, if I have a relationship with God in salvation, then I have a relationship with my brother and sister as well. And in that relationship, I am to live out that love in concrete circumstances, they said. So then social justice no longer becomes an ideal. 
Social, social justice is no longer a concept. Rather, it is a daily living out in the concrete things. So, for example, uh, if you are a business owner or an employer and you're in charge of hiring people, you're going in that concrete circumstance of having employees, you're going to live in love. You're going to love those employees because they're not just employees. They are human beings who bear the reflection of God. And therefore you're going to love those employees. And then from that love for them as people, you'll know how to treat them as an employer. You will will their good. Can I just say it this way? Why is it? That corporations and businesses don't treat their employees well because they don't love them. There's a lack of love. They, they, they don't see the reflection of God in those people. Because if they did, if you truly saw the reflection of God in your employees, you would do whatever it takes to make sure they're taken care of. Because like, man, I'm taking care of God here, a reflection, an image of God. I better straighten up and make sure I'm walking very carefully to take good care of this image of God who happens to be my employee. Uh, concrete circumstances at home, the way we treat our children, our spouses, the way we treat uh, other drivers on the road, the way we treat pedestrians, the way we treat um, our coworkers, our neighbors. You see, it's, it's all enmeshed. You can't separate any of it. And real justice is not about, oh man, I'm going to make sure black lives matter. Or man, I am going to make sure whatever. No, what, real justice is about concrete everyday existence. So for example, real social justice is not about Oh, well, black lives matter. And I'm going to have a sign in my front yard that says, I believe that black lives matter. No, it's going to be, if I happen to know somebody that happens to have black skin and maybe they're sick, I'm going to go to the store and buy some medicine and some food and take it to their house and make sure they get better soon. It's just that simple. It's that concrete. It's not about protesting and holding signs saying, I believe black lives matters. No, it is about doing real concrete everyday actions towards somebody you know who happens to have black skin or happens to be an immigrant or a refugee or uh, a mother facing a hard choice whether to have an abortion or not or whether it's somebody who's struggling with their sexual identity whatever it is whatever it is it's real in the moment concrete actions that's what real justice is and that's what real salvation is now how do we get to that point? And I'm glad you asked. How do I get to this point? In paragraph 42, the Pontifical Council answers that question by saying that the inner transformation of the human person in his being progressively conformed to Christ is the necessary prerequisite for a real transformation of his relationship with others. I am going to hit that again because I'm going to hit this hard because this is where the rubber meets the road. And this is where real social justice begins. They say again, paragraph 42, that the inner transformation of the human person in his being progressively conformed to Christ is the necessary prerequisite 
for a real transformation of his relationship with others. In other words, no real, no real con uh, conforming to Christ and no real justice, no real relationship with others, because you can't even know what a relationship with it is with others until you are conformed to Christ. Because Christ shows us how to be conformed to God, the Father. And so I really want you to, to, to think hard about this, that first things first, I must be transformed internally, become like Christ in that self-giving nature that Christ has. Then as, they, as I transform internally, then I will transform in my relationship to others. You see, we're, we're putting the cart before the horse is what we're really doing because we're trying to achieve justice without God. And what happens is it blows up in our face and it ends up violent and even people end up dead as a result. But rather what I want to do is I'm going to, to focus on myself internally, allow God to perfect me. And then as that happens, as God's love gets instilled deep into my heart, then that starts flowing out towards others and justice happens. Remember, by the way, don't worry about everybody else living out justice. Just worry about yourself. Okay, you can't control what others do. You can't make anybody else live a just life towards others. But what you can do is choose yourself to do that. That's a pretty good start right there. If you can just get it right, then we're off to a, a better start than where we're at at the moment. <laughs> I'm only trying to inform you through this podcast of these things, but I understand I cannot make you become a person who creates justice in a broken world. I can only inform you, educate you, but ultimately I have to be the one in myself to choose to live in love towards others. True justice is a day-by-day -day transformative process. I want to give you some hope. I want to park just for a moment and give you some hope. You ever get overwhelmed and think, man, I can't get this right. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to get this right. I I'm overwhelmed. I'm a goofball. I screw up things a lot. Uh, you ever feel like that? I know I sure do. Yesterday I was... Uh, working with a client of mine, helping them find an apartment. And I called the landlord and I had to leave a voicemail. It was with a management company rather. And so a big management company that manages a lot of apartment complexes. And I was leaving a voicemail for them to call me back. And right in the middle of the voicemail, I completely blanked on what my phone number was. I said, please call me back at, uh, uh, and on the voicemail, I literally said at, uh, and I frantically looked up the number on my phone and I thought, oh yes, yes, that's the phone number. <laughs> I felt so stupid. You ever feel like that? Just a screw up on the simplest things. Then how am I supposed to get social justice right? <laughs> but the fact is, here's the hope. I'm going to say, take it easy on yourself. Okay. Because here's the hope. It's a day by day transformative process. Just like you don't become perfect in salvation on day one, it's a lifelong process. And sometimes we have to carry on that process after death. It's okay if you don't have it all right on how to create a just society right where you are, because it's a day by day learning process. 
And I love the fact that the Pontifical Council breathes that hope into us. We create a just society through mistakes, through learning, and through experimenting with each other as we perfect ourselves in love. In the next paragraph, paragraph 43, it says in the first sentence, it is not possible to love one's neighbor as oneself and to preserve and to persevere in this conduct without the firm and constant determination to work for the good of all people and of each person, because we are all really are responsible for each person. It's one thing to get the foundation, the first principle right of love. But we also have to have a goal in mind. We have to know where we're headed in that principle and that foundation and where are we headed in learning to be responsible for each person. Just like in the Genesis story where Cain murders his brother Abel, God confronts Cain and says, Cain, where's your brother? And what's Cain's response? Am I my brother's keeper? Like, I'm not responsible for Cain. Why are you, or I'm not uh, responsible for Abel. Why are you bugging me about it? But don't we live most of our life like that, like we're not somehow responsible for each other? No, you are. As I talked about on issues with abortion, if, if a woman feels so pressured and needed to get that because she's all alone, you're responsible for not reaching out to her and helping her and come alongside her. Uh, you know, if you, again, purchase products from companies that you know use child slave labor, then you're responsible by buying their products. So you're responsible to say, I'm not buying the products. I'm not contributing, you see. And so we have to realize we are responsible for our neighbor. One of the things I was thinking of this week, you're like, what is, what is a good picture of social justice? And the way image it came to my mind is a dance between God and humanity. Love and the true living out of human relationship is a dance between God and humanity where God initiates the dance through his love. God initiates the steps of the dance and our job is to follow. So the good news is we don't have to reinvent the will and we don't have to try to make it up as we go. But creating a just society means we just dance with God and we observe and focus on God's love. How, what does that Trinitarian love look like? And then from that, I simply become a copycat of God and God doesn't own a copyright on his love. He allows us to borrow it any time we need to. And so we can take his love and live it out to others. So think of social justice, creating a just society is a dance where there's different moves, there's different steps, but God is the initiator. In paragraph 48, the Pontifical Council states that we cannot think of justice in the terms of the here and now and of the totalitarian vision of the state, but that God has an eschatological plan that is moving humanity towards its end. So justice must be balanced with this in mind. This is a very, very important point <clears throat> that the council brings out because, and I'll, I'll explain, eschatological end. Some of you are like, what in the world does that mean? It's a nice, fancy theological term 
that they use in seminary. That means that God has this plan of the ages. And in this plan of the ages, God is working out certain things, but everything is working towards an end. And I don't mean an end as such as the period of the end of a sentence or the end of time, but rather God is working out a goal, an end, an end result. And God's end result is that all humanity is perfected in Christ and lives in perfect love with God and with each other. God, if you want to look at that in the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament of the Christian Bible, we see God creating a new heaven and a new earth. That's the eschatological end, okay? And so the, the Pontifical Council brings out a very crucial point is that we can't think in terms of creating a just society as here and now. And we see that kind of frenzy in our society, which maybe sometimes creates the violence and all that. It's like, we've got to solve problems now. <laughs> what the Pontifical Council is saying is, no, we don't have to solve the problems now because ultimately we're not solving any of the problems. This is God's universe, God's earth. God is the one who's working it all out. We're just the players. You see, by me doing this podcast, I'm not solving anything. I'm not responsible for anything. God is responsible. God is working it out. And this is my part in the play, in the dance. This is my part. Okay. So... We have to realize God is working it all out. God is creating a just world, but what's kind of hanging us up right at the moment is our lack of cooperation. So if we just get in tune with God's love and begin to cooperate and live in love towards others, then it'll all come into place. But God's working it all out to his end. And so we can say, okay, I'm, I'm not responsible for this. I can't change or solve anything. So I can relax and just play my part in, in, the, in the drama of creation through cooperation. And that cooperation comes through love with God and love with my fellow human. A good question to ask ourselves is where can we see a just society realized? I've talked a lot about in the neighborhood, and that's really where you can. But what the Pontifical Council points out is that if you want to see where it should be happening, it would be in the church. I don't mean at your local church building. I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ, the, the people. In chapter 49, or paragraphs 49 and following, the council points out that the church, capital C, the church is a sacramental sign of relationship and justice. And they point out that in Galatians 3, verses 26 through 28, St. Paul points out that in the church, there is no male or female, slave or free, rich or poor. All those distinctions have been dissolved as we become one in the church. So if the church is really doing its job, then what the church is doing is not learning more theological concepts. The church is not learning how to go to confession more and how to go to mass more and all that stuff. What they're doing 
if the church is really doing its job, it's being a sign to the world of what it looks like to live in self-giving love towards each other. I mean, that's what the early disciples of Jesus did, the early Christians. Now you look at them, man, they gave themselves to each other. They gave themselves to the widows. They gave themselves to the, to the orphans and so on. And if the church is really being assigned to the world, then, then the world can copy the church and, and learn and then grow from that. Now, I'm not meaning to diss the sacraments. I participate in them. But what I'm saying is the end is not the sacraments themselves, such as confession. Those are the tools of God's grace that once we participate in them, from that we grow out into a community of love. And as we learn to be a community of love, then uh, then from that, we it spreads out through the world. And justice is realized. How can we realize true justice in society in general if we can't get it figured out in the society of the church. Now, if you want to know how to do that at your local parish, I challenge you to study the one another's in the New Testament. St. Paul and Peter, they present to us several one another's, such as love one another, forgive one another, bear one another's burdens, pray for one another, encourage one another, all those things. I encourage you to do a study of the one another's in the New Testament say, okay, if I can practice this right here in my local church within my neighborhood, then maybe we have a chance of getting this thing right. Now, finally, because I know that time is growing on for us here today, but as we come to the towards the end of this episode, I want to read paragraph 53 to close out our time. And in that paragraph, the council says the transformation of social relationships that responds to the demands of the kingdom of God is not fixed within concrete boundaries once and for all. Rather, it is a task entrusted to the Christian community, which is to develop and carry it out through reflection and practices inspired by the gospel. And so, in other words, we cannot separate our love for God from love for each other. We just can't. And it's an experiment. It's not like we got it all figured out. Okay, it's not fixed within boundaries. It's, it's, it's a process that we can't understand all the ins and outs of, but we know our place in it. You see. And so we have to understand, you know, the kingdom of God, the parables about the kingdom of heaven is like that Jesus gave us. And he gave us several uh, parables that starts with the kingdom of heaven is like. And in all of those, the kingdom of heaven is a messy thing in those parables. The mustard seed growing to a mighty tree with all the intertwining branches and the leaven that's working through the, the bread, you know, the dough and all of that. Those are messy processes that have no boundaries to them. And so the process of really creating and developing a just society, whether we, we begin in the church, working in our neighborhood, those are messy things that don't necessarily have concrete answers to them. But together, we figure it out in love how to get through it. And I love how this chapter ends. It ends by having a discussion that Mary, our blessed mother, is the example of true justice in her Magnificat. Now, if you remember... 
uh, a while back, I did an episode on the Magnificat of Mary and, and a few episodes on how Mary is the model of justice. But we can look to her example of what true self-giving love looks like. So I encourage you, study our Blessed Mother. Then you'll get a big clue on your job in society. Well, I know that's a lot to, die, to uh, digest. I encourage you to commit to God's grace to learn the way of love. Okay? This is not about giving you all the answers to the injustices of the world. This is not about a neat and tidy plan. It's about a discussion. It's about figuring it out together. And I encourage you, they'll give you an email at the end of this episode. And I encourage you, email me. Let's get a discussion going. Let's figure it out together. I certainly don't have all the answers because when I think I do, God sends me a situation that I can't figure out. And I have to rely on others to help me figure it out. So let's encourage each other and commit to God's grace to learn the way of love. And if you do, justice will follow close behind. Again, that's a lot to digest, but I encourage you, if you need to, to go back over this episode again and just really let it sink in so that you can understand how to create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.